Episode 3 of Guardian Radio, the official podcast for the Guardians of Destiny.com. I'm your host, Mark Turcotte, and we're all casting to you live, safely beneath the traveler behind the reinforced walls of the city. Joining me on this show, first up, from the area known as Old Chicago, the former home of a menu item I like to call pizza lasagna, but he'd call it pizza, Mr. Patrick Watts. Watts, what's up, dude? Yo, what's up? The traveler doesn't always drink beer, but when it does, it drinks Dos Equis. <laughs> nice. And uh, also joining us from the planet of Mars, which had a candy bar named after it in the form of a Mars bar, but who the hell eats those when you know Reese Cups are the bomb? Camped outside the exclusion zone, Derek Smith. Derek, what's up, dude? What's going on, man? That was pro. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Got to start it lighthearted again, right, man? I figured awesome. I'm, I'm hoping I can carry on the streak of like a 10-year come up with the new, new intros for you guys at the beginning dude but i doubt it unfortunately chris isn't here man we're having reports there was like what some vex or something on the moon taking him down yeah, i'm worried about him i don't know where he is i had an intro prepared for him do you guys want to hear the intro sure <laughs> here we go ready, ready definitely definitely next up via satellite from the lunar body which was thought to once be made up of cheese but in the end was just non-edible dust and rock from the mechanical pit known as Hellmouth. <laughs> <laughs> that was pro. That was nice. Thanks, dude. Thanks. That was awesome. Oh, I like it. So, yeah. So, Chris, unfortunately, can't be with us this week. But you got us, the, the other members of Guardian Radio. So, uh, you know, we just move on here. And again, man, we're able to put out another episode. I mean, when you look back at what rolled out this week in terms of new content, not really a lot. However... When you no. when I started like typing up the rundown for the show, I'm like, you know what? There really is a lot to talk about this week. So there's seven pages. There, yeah, I wish yeah, there was really. seven pages. But yeah, we do have a lot <laughs> to get to. So uh, let's do some of the housekeeping things before we get started. As always, check out our website, theguardiansofdestiny.com. Um, head over there, leave us some comments. You can hook up in our forums. There's a link to our forums over there. Our forum community is actually starting to build up pretty good. Um, lots of good conversation happening over there. Um, so please go join up over there and join the conversation. You can always send us your comments and questions to feedback at theguardiansofdestiny.com. Send those in and be sure to tune into the next episode of Guardian Radio because you will probably hear your name and your question on the show. Uh, you can also keep in touch with us on Twitter at Guardians of D or on Facebook at facebook.com slash theguardiansofdestiny. And I want to shoot a quick thank you to those over on iTunes who, number one, have subscribed to us on iTunes, and yes. number two, have left us uh, reviews and um, some you know stars. You left us five stars, dude. All we have is five stars right now, which is fantastic on iTunes. That's and good. if you go to the video games page, we are currently on the front of the new and noteworthy page. So we'd like to stay there, so please head over to iTunes if that's your service of choice and leave us some feedback and a review. So you guys ready to Wonderful. do this? 
You guys Let's ready? Let's do this, brother. Right. I was born ready. Let's get on with our new segment called Dispatches from the Traveler. Now it's about Dispatches from the Traveler. All right, well, first up this week, Pete Parsons, COO of Bungie, was out yet again doing a nice little interview. And this time, he did an interview for PC World, which uh, oh, wow. I think the biggest news right there is that it's an interview for PC World, which as of right now, this game has not been confirmed for the PC at all. Right. So, oh. <laughs> what do you guys think of that? Is, is Destiny coming to the PC? It should. It really should. If I'm, if I can just be frank about it, it should. And I, I would hope that they take the Valve approach and allow it to be a cross-platform online experience. Um, of course, I don't see that happening with PS4 and Microsoft's next console. But it would be good to take that Valve approach like they did with Portal 2, allowing for both PC and PS3 players to enjoy the experience online together. And I think that it would actually build and make for a large engaging community if the PC uh, gamers were able to play online with the PS4 and the, and the next Xbox consoles uh, community. It would be amazing, man. And, and it's just a win-win for, for, for Bungie. Yep. I mean, this game is going to be that big. I mean, the the new the next-gen consoles are basically high-end PCs today. And so, uh, theoretically, Bungie is making this game for PC because that's what the PS4 and the new Xbox will be. Right. It's just now, are they going to really take it to that uh, dedicated PC side of things? If you're talking the PC world, <laughs> hey, guys, you know, uh, I think you need to go ahead and make that plunge. I think so. I think they haven't talked about it just yet, but I think they will. I think it's I, – in fact, I think they're not talking about it now just to give, I think, these next-gen consoles and the soon-to-be-announced next Xbox consoles a little bit more thunder, and then, yes, you'll, you'll get a PC update. That's a good point, sure. man. I never thought of that. But yeah, if the PC yeah. version's announced. Especially, I mean, this last life cycle of consoles was what, seven, eight years? And yeah, yeah, you're looking at wow. what the life cycle of this is going to be – you know, a 10-year push for this game, they're, they're claiming. And potentially, maybe we could even have another generation of consoles involved here at the end of Destiny. And, you know, knowing right. some people may say, hey, if I can start out the gate on the PC, I don't need to worry about exactly. which platform it's on, right? I'm starting from scratch, boom, and they're, you're, you're in it. Watts, if you were given the choice today, knowing that it's coming out on the PC, would that be the route that you would go right off the bat? Uh, you know what? It, it's it's a hard decision, but normally I'm a PC first type of guy. But I would I I would do Xbox or a console because that's where all my fellow guardians roll. That's it's, true. All my buddies are on console, and just I've always been like that. Where PC, in my opinion, is a better gaming system than anything that will come out. But it's just the social aspect of just being with friends, playing with it, knowing that. The other people who don't have gaming PCs will play on. And I have no problem with that, but it also comes up to that situation of when you buy it on PC, you don't have to worry about upgrading to another console right. down the road because if you buy it on an Xbox, then you're worrying about if the next gen you might have to transfer a save or we don't. I know it's speculating the point of maybe saves carry over to the next game or we we don't know so it's we hope that yeah yeah right. we hope that that would be awesome just like a mass effect word like or a dragon age or just other games that exactly work off your saves but on a pc you buy once 
it's on your hard drive or whatever, and you just need to upgrade a graphics card in maybe 10 years or so, but that's how it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. That's true. Uh, let's see. Next up was what were your goals heading into this new project? And this kind of hits off what you were saying. Watts. He says, we took all our combined talent and experience and set out to make a game that would entirely redefine how people play action games. It's a bungee action game set in a bold new universe. Players create their own unique characters that grow and change over time. From the ground up, Destiny is built to be a social and cooperative game, but it's also filled with a broad range of activities from solo to group, casual to intense, and cooperative to competitive. So he's really hitting on the fact that it is meant to be played with your friends and other people. Right. So kind of like what you said on the PC side, if that's, you know, depending on where your community is, if they're on the Xbox yeah. community, that's where you're going to want to go play because that's where you'll probably get the best experience. Um, but I love that quote. Players create their own unique characters that grow and change over time. And that's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing that I want to stress with that is I know they're – this, this might be a little bit later, but I know they're stressing, they're not using that word MMO. And they're stressing action, first-person shooter type of thing. And there's two things that I get from that is that, A, that they can't really define an MMO because it's going to be, when you join a game, it's going to be max 10 people or 8 people or how many, just kind of like a matchmaking game in, uh, in regular Halo where there's maybe 12 people that are going to be match-made on that map. So theoretically, that's not massive multiplayer. So in that game, that you might only encounter those 12, but it's still going to have MMO elements, or they're just it's not going to be an MMO. <laughs> <laughs> or it's going to be completely different from what we're thinking of. Yeah, and... we'll get to that's in the... Uh, we got a mail sack update. We'll, we'll oh, talk yeah, about I'll, that a I'll, little I'll, more. Sorry, sorry. Um, let's see. He was asked, what was it like starting anew after being immersed in the same universe for so long? And he said, creating this world is the most ambitious challenge we've ever taken on. It's a new intellectual property with greater breadth of scope than anything we've done before. Huge worlds, larger than we've ever built. And these are living, open worlds with evolving stories, changing time of day, and plenty of players. That's a bold vision, but it creates a lot of challenges because Destiny is unlike any other action game. So... Wow. I mean, that's heavy, man. I mean, come on, man. I mean, let's just piggyback off of the last part of what was said in that statement you just made, Mark. Destiny is unlike any other game that we've made. It's a living, breathing, I'm paraphrasing there, evolving <laughs> universe. I mean, that is just so... I mean, you guys are talking about SimCity. I mean, give me a break. This is like like life, man. Like, in this unbelievably vast, unknown universe... Oh, gosh, dude, I just can't wait to get lost in Destiny, dude. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. It speaks on everyone. I'm serious, man. Yeah. I'm a every guy. nerd, every any dork, every nerd, every jock or whatever stereotype you want to give someone, they always have that need to go on an adventure. Unless you're just like, uh, was it a psychopath and something like that. But everyone wants that in a game. They, and yeah. I said this before, they could, they could talk a big game, but until we get this... I know, man. That, gonna, that's the thing. They they just keep saying all these things, uh, and can they deliver on it? Like, listen exactly. to this. The, the next question. If they deliver, oh, what, man. He says, what are the challenges that exist? And he, he answers, uh, launching a new IP like Destiny. And towards the bottom of the answer, he says, our technology has to take this great action game, fuse it with a richly simulated world that we will fill with unique player characters, each with their own history and unique abilities and characteristics. Our technology has to create a seamless social world where those players can meet up, 
and experience their own shared stories and it has to do it all invisibly. So, I mean, they're just promising like the world in this game, promising exactly. everything you could possibly imagine. And it's, you know, it's yeah. hard it's, to it's, not buy into the hype. Right? Oh, I'm buying into it, but I'm, I just, well, obviously we're buying into it. We're doing a podcast and a website yeah, about it, but I mean, it's we're crazy. buying into it. But I mean, it's it's because of you know what? If the, if this game was not being made by Bungie, with all of the same type of information that we're receiving about the game, I don't think we would be as enthusiastic about it. You know, it's almost like you know we 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 Bungie has taken us to the to to the highest of heights before, and so we trust them. Yep. Um. And, you know, when it was first announced that they signed the 10-year deal with Activision for their new game, we were like, what is it going to be? Well, you know, it was hinted out that, yeah, this will be a shooter, but please don't think of shooter in the same, in the traditional sense of what you've experienced. We are taking this to a new level, but that's all they said. And so with all the anticipation behind it of, like, the silence of them playing it close to the chest and not saying anything and then announcing it, and now them saying things like we're we're pushing ourselves so beyond what we've ever done. What anybody's ever done. Yeah. I mean, you know, the closest game that this can relate to, every time I hear about this, well, I eat, sleep, drink, Bungie lately. But when I think <laughs> about it, and I don't mean this disrespectfully not to compare this game to it, but the first persistent shooter that I played was Dust 514. Unfortunately, with Dust 514, it's gotten a lot better with the beta uh, entries is. that they've put out. It has gotten so much better. But it is a persistent experience. So if I take Dust 514, for example, and try to uh, realize the, the ambition of Destiny as a persistent shooter. I mean, because when you look at Dust 5 and 4, you have dropships coming in, which of course I'm assuming Dust will have, Destiny will have the same thing. You have a battlefield filled with soldiers. Um, but I'm I'm expecting something to be way beyond Dust from a visual standpoint. I'm expecting mm-hmm. I'm expecting it to not be such a, 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 a intimate sandbox where I hit a button and then this clone just drops in, boom, and I'm fighting on the battlefield. Nothing's wrong with that. That's how dust is made. But with Destiny, I'm expecting a true living, breathing universe, you know, something a la Star Wars, where I choose a character that, when I say persistent, it's almost like Eve Online interacting with the Dust 514, and it's working hand-in-hand seamlessly. I'm expecting that dust experience to be like, for example, I'm not playing the game, but it's not that people are just still online playing, but the actual game is still evolving down to the simplicity of the grass is growing. Right. Cracks yeah. in the ground are taking place. You, you yeah. know what I mean? I mean, well, cause dude, I mean man, dust is more of a competitive shooter. You have persistence and you're building your character with abilities and skills and that. But in the end, right, right. doesn't it just boil down to it's a competitive shooter and – if you want to say there are quests in Dust, all those quests are are beat the other team to get money for this guy and money it's for It's a multiplayer shooter. It's not. It's, you know, it's, it's not so, involved, so layer on top of that a story for your individual character coming from like an MMO or even like look at uh, Swotor, Star Wars: The uh-huh. Republic. It's you know uh-huh. there's a bunch of Jedi. You have your individual epic sweeping story that's happening, and then on top of that, you have the typical questing and things like that. And 
you know, I mean, they're just basically taking all the great things from every great game that's out there and just going to pack it into this one game. And, you know, I I, I really hope they they can deliver on it. But let me real quick before we continue on that, the next question. He says, how do you, the question is, how do you hope Destiny pushes the shooter genre forward? And he says, we want players to tell their own stories. We're going to give them the ability to customize their character and their experience. Then they're going to go on an epic, or they're going to go on epic adventures with their friends. You can play Destiny solo, but we believe that everything fun to do in Destiny is more fun when you're playing with friends. It's that unpredictable human element that will create the most important moments in Destiny. Well, let, let me let me give an answer to that because this this is what I want to happen. This is what I would like to happen to that to and and answering that question. I would like for Destiny to be the type of experience that once I've had my fill, I still need to get my fix while I'm in that universe. Yet when I come out, when I play a traditional shooter, your 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 Call of Duties, your Battlefield, these are shooters that I really enjoy. I want to feel as though and this sounds really crazy, but I want to feel like there's something missing dramatically. Like, wow, hold on, guys. I played Destiny, and that's what it sounds like I will deal with. When you go into a normal shooter, you know, it's, I hope I'm good at this shooter from a multiplayer standpoint, and I hope that the story from a single-player campaign standpoint is really great. But what Destiny is looking to do, it, it seems like, is to just be so beyond that that when I come out of it, and I hope this does happen because I think it'll just push the standard higher, is when I play a normal campaign, like, there, you know, you guys know I love the Killzone series, right? Well, yeah. when, I, when I go back to that series, or when I go back to, let's say, a new Halo game, right? Yeah. I want to feel like I'm being put in such a linear experience because Destiny is so vast, and I can literally just drop and say, Go. Most shooters pushes you along a shooting gallery experience that hopefully is great. That's what most ends. shooters do. I mean, any pretty much and, any other shooter and, experience, it ends. And it ends yeah. exactly. But if you think about <clears throat> it, Des- uh, Bungie has an opportunity to revolutionize the shooter genre, and that is so what the shooter oh, yeah. genre needs, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and Derek, just to piggyback off what you said, is mm-hmm. like I I want exactly the same thing. I want something to where something that that this will become a staple from other games who are going right. to do it. And the good example is for, speaking of MMOs, is The Old Republic, is how it was made by Bioware, developed by Bioware, and it had the the, the crazy story in MM, MMORPGs. And hate on the game if you like the engine was terrible or whatever this stuff was, but right. they had the feature is where your character had the story and it was interactive, and there's thought bubbles. Each quest had dialogue and all that stuff. And so when you go, and then the next MMO I played with my buddy didn't have that. I didn't even care about the story. It was all those, they had those crappy cutscenes. You couldn't interact with them. And that was a feature where I'm always in future MMORPGs I play. I want interactive want story. That. I want full dialogue. And if Destiny does something like that with shooters, you're exactly right there. There's going to be things where you play in the next Call of Duty that has those linear stories. That's just like get here from here, don't die. You just uh-huh. be like, ah, oh, it's just it's I so just boring. want Yeah, um, I just want yeah. to get that fill and I can. I'm just like, ah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah that'll be that'll be awesome. Exactly. I think yeah. And also too, like I'm thinking of Skyrim as you're talking, Watts. I'm thinking of the game Skyrim because you know, Skyrim had a story, but then you could just go off and just do some vast crazy things. Yeah. Uh kind of repeating myself, but I just really 
hope that Destiny offers that to where you go back to a normal shooter and it's like. And what mm. they're saying, they're saying yeah. that it is going to be. That it's going to do it. So. Yeah. That's and, and again, that's just the exciting part of it. I mean, yeah. if they can deliver, yeah. man, this thing is going to be ridiculous. <laughs> Um, one more or two more questions I want to get to. One, um, he was asked about the technology engine that they created for this, which could be part of the reason why this was in PC world because I think this is really the most uh, you know interesting piece of this. He says, "Can you talk about the technology engine Grognock, which is a hilarious name for an engine, Grognock, behind this game and what you feel it opened up for your development?" He said, "We had to rebuild our engine and tools to support Destiny's enormous size, scope, and vision. Our graphics engine, world builder." lighting engine and more were all custom built to support the team's vision nice but all the tech doesn't mean anything by itself what matters is how it creates players stories it's been a huge challenge but we've already begun to see huge rewards for all the hard work so not only was this engine built just to create the world you know put on literally create mars and the surfaces and all the pixels and all that good stuff but it was really built to create player stories and see that See, that's what's intriguing to me because as I think about Dust, what, where I think, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. When I think about Destiny, pardon me. Blasphemy. I think of, yeah, yeah, no doubt. I think about how they're going to engage me in the story. And if they're putting that much emphasis on the engine, on how the engine, on how the engine will distinguish our individual stories. You know, this we have to assume that this is going to be more than just reading some codex about this person's past that you've created. You know, could it very well be something where you're playing the game with your friends or what have you, and at some point in the game, there is some background story to your character that's already automatically created, or as you're playing the game, watch this, as you're playing the game, are you creating the story on the fly with every step that you take? Are you in? Are you actually the one in control of creating the story? And they somehow, with this engine, are building around your actions the very story that you're going on. That you're going so on, the yeah. camp, yeah. So the so the campaign could very well be the traversal that you're the, the traversal that you're doing, going out and just discovering whatever that be your story while some kind of way, you know, adding cinematic flair to that to make it wow. Now, that which I'm saying sounds impossible. I shouldn't use the word impossible, <laughs> well, but I, I don't – it just sounds unfathomable right now. I mean, well, here's how, how I think it may that? potentially be possible is one thing that Bungie is known for, and this goes back to – I mean, you could even – really, I guess the days of Halo 2, if you want to say, is their matchmaking system. I mean, they – were kind of some of the first people to create a fantastic matchmaking system on the console. Using your skills, your levels, all that, matching you up with people of similar skills, that's something that they mm-hmm. just were kind of pioneers of you know, very early yeah. on. And that's almost what I think he's, he's saying here. When they mention okay. player stories, there probably will be some sort of, yes, story, like a narrative story of... You encountered this queen. We talked about the queen on our, on our last episode, right. and you defeated the right. queen. The matchmaking is all going to be happening in the back. And so not only is the matchmaking going to be, hey, Derek and Mark are both on the moon. They should be able to see each other. It's going to be, hey, Derek also defeated the queen. Mark also defeated the queen. Here are the branching paths for players who have defeated the queen. They're both on the moon at the same time. Let's throw them down path C. I see you. We choose to engage. 
our stories send us on path C together. That's mm, that's what like I'm thinking that. he's saying. So it's I still, like yes, the stories, but there are just the ones and O's in the background going off like Derek did this, 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 this. Mark yeah. did this, 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 this. They're in the same area. They should be matched together, and we just see each other. We choose to go on, and we we move together. That's awesome. Okay. If yeah. they can that's, do yeah. that, that is awesome. Because yeah. a game like, I mean, we've yeah. mentioned it on here a couple times, Guild Wars 2. Guild Wars 2 is more like, hey, all these people are in the area, and there's one big event happening at this time. And everybody joins together, and that's very fun. You have 30 people going to fight this massive giant that's attacking a city. That's very cool. But it doesn't matter that those 30 people, doesn't matter where those people came from, doesn't matter what they've done in the past, they all see the giant and they're all fighting it. Yeah. Where the and way this game of- may be built is it's more matchmaking saying, this makes sense in where these characters have been, and because of where they've been, this is what they're going to see, and then you move on with the story. That would be awesome if they can deliver on that. And that's kind of my guess, my hunch is to everything we've read. That's kind of where this is going. Huh. I like I that. that. That would be awesome. What do you think? We'll see. I, don't know. I, think, be- I think it's a good way to do it. But the major thing is that is that with Guild Wars, it's I, I, I know it's going back to the game, but it's when higher level type, I don't know how the game's going to play, but let's say if there's some type of levels or anything, have it make sure to where it goes backwards rather than forwards also. So saying like, give the option of, hey, if we're going to down pass C with Derek and you, Derek might have done it six times already, beaten the game, but he still wants to go through that path. Have that make it to where it matters for him. So that how well, it makes well, the story... Do you think, do you think it's possible... To make a game where Derek doesn't do it six times. Derek's done it once. He did it. In his world, the queen's been defeated. The vault's been. In my world, she's defeated, but not necessarily in yours. Right. Now, but then, but see, then that brings into the the question of, yeah, then Derek, you and I technically then, at that point, wouldn't be Mm -hmm. able to do a play together. Because I have the queen. You've already done that. That doesn't make sense. You know, so that's where I think the challenge for, for Bungie is going to be. And right. then on top of that's that, three challenge. years down the line, somebody buys the game. Everybody's been playing since year one. I mean, they're way beyond the queen. They've already done that. Ooh, How yeah. is that player going to find anybody in the Pretty world that wants to do that? <laughs> yeah. yeah that's a good I mean, point. that's the only that's way. Very good. Yeah. Huh. I'm sure these are the discussions that Bungie's been, <laughs> been having over the last three or four years. Oh, yeah. They, they've had this many years ago <laughs> oh, already. Crazy. Uh, and one last one, one last question here on this PC World article with P. Parsons, and then we'll move on to our next thing. Um, he was asked, what are you most excited about gamers being able to experience with Destiny? He says, I hope gamers will put Destiny on the same shelf of great memories as they put amazing entertainment experiences like Star Wars, Raiders of the Lost Ark, or Lord of the Rings. I believe the efforts and talent of our team is creating a universe that will ultimately have deep meaning for the people who come and visit our world. So Big he's putting this thing on the same level as Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. See, and you know what, man? That's and see, huge. That, that, and see huge. you know what? I'm going to be honest with you, man. You know what? Destiny, based on the, the Bungie's ambition, I mean, no disrespect to any of the games that I saw at Sony's PlayStation meeting. Of course, you guys know that I'm still reeling over those games because they visually were impressive. However, it's almost like every generation when we get new consoles, you know, the next generation experience is always based on the graphical fidelity of the new software. And it should be based on the ambitions that, on where these developers can take it. 
And I believe, I really truly believe that right now, on paper, I think Destiny is, by definition, the only true next generation game that we're looking forward to. You know, because I mean, there's games that we know that are be that that will be coming out with the PS4 and the Xbox system when they come out, and they're going to be just basically, you know, number four, five, six, seven, eight sequels of games that we've played in franchises that we love. Um that do more and more bells and whistles here and there. But really, how revolutionary are they taking the gameplay experience? So that's a challenge for the developers, not knocking any of the things that we saw, because I'm just, I'm ecstatic. You know, I told you I'm saving my money for the next consoles. But I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, with, with more, with what, what, what is the, what's the saying? Uh, to whom more responsibility is given to, no, to whom given, who, to whoever has more power, more responsibility, more responsibility is needed. Like the whole Spider-Man saying. So I was going to say, was that Uncle, Uncle Ben, ben wisdom? Uncle Ben. <laughs> Uncle yeah. D saying With Uncle Ben With great power wisdom. comes great responsibility. Responsibility. Yeah. So, yeah. so you, these developers <laughs> are giving great power in these in this hardware. They are responsible to us as gamers. They then need to bring us experiences that are revolutionary because they have the hardware to do it. You know, the manufacturers can only do so much. And it sounds like Bungie is really trying to duplicate what they did when Microsoft launched the Xbox. Halo was a revolutionary experience. You never saw a game where you threw a grenade and it blew up and the freaking enemy's bodies was flying at you on a console or the AI was that sophisticated or the land, you just looked out and it was that vast. You never just saw that. It was like, wow, just all that together was just, it never had happened before and it blew us away. And it looks like Bungie is saying, you know what, we have to always set the bar. And they did that with Halo, regardless of what yep. the rest of the iterations, you know, were like. With that first one, man, with Combat Evolved, it was a revolutionary experience. If, if you can really go back and experience that and remember, remember how that was, and that's what I believe that Destiny is what they're aiming to do with Destiny. And if they nail it, it doesn't have to be 100%. But if they do 90% of what they're saying this game could be, oh my god. Yeah, dude. Here we go. Oh Damn my god, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be ridiculous. Yeah. Um. All right, let's move on from the Pete Parsons interview. Game Informer, uh, the newest Game Informer is out now, and if you are a subscriber, you can get it digitally. Probably by the time you're hearing this, print copy should be in the stores. And they basically have finally printed their preview event article. So this was kind of the first time since the event, the press event, that there is information out. So that's a lot of the information that was in the article was just kind of rehashed um, information that's kind of been out there. But a couple neat things were pulled from it. Uh, Number one, we're going to get to this a little bit later on with our Pillars of Destiny segment. Um, ADS, ads or aim down the site, was pretty much confirmed when a quote saying that they saw the player pull the gun up to his eye to fire. And they said that they were basically using quote unquote iron sights. So we'll get to that a little bit later when we get to that. But that was in the article. And then also a great, this is a great quote from it. They said players create their own guardian and can customize their appearance, class, weapons, and ship. So they're kind of throwing in their customizable weapons and even ships. We knew ships were (laughs) pretty, I know, Watts love ships. I love starships. (laughs) Yeah, so we will be customizing that. And then also in the article that I want to get to is three new pieces of concept art which, um, you know, totally new things that we haven't seen yet. And we did not publish them on our website, just kind of 
you know that no. that's game informers images so we're not going to go ahead and do that uh, but if you are right. a subscriber be sure to check them out but i want to talk about them a little bit first one is one of awesome. jupiter's moons everybody's guessing because you can see jupiter in the background but this is a very uh like a snowy tundra type planet and you can see almost like a broken down i don't know what would you guys call that it's not necessarily a base but it looks almost like I... a cathedral maybe uh, oh, that's a good what? that's a good uh, interpretation i just thought it was just a, a base for probably like a las vegas maybe or a sin city type of thing where gamblers go hmm in a snowy tundra you'd be going there to do that yeah, it's, yeah, maybe it's, it's outside the laws of Earth, <laughs> but it's very broken that. down. Let's put it that way. It's very derelict yeah. and just busted up. You know, this is you could tell. We always hear that this game takes place after the golden age of mankind, and at some point, mankind was here and things clearly went bad because the buildings are just destroyed. Uh, but you can see Jupiter just set off in the background, looking huge with its big spot, Jupiter enormous. red spot or whatever it is. Right, um, it's a so, storm. Yeah. There'll definitely be some area we'll be going to. Um, Another one shows a spaceship flying through like a debris field. And the debris field looks very similar to the Kasani Derelict concept art that's been out there where you see the ship kind of crashing. We have that up on our site. Um, And, you know, people are thinking this is potentially a player ship flying through this. There's a second ship kind of off in the the background. Um, You know, I I wonder, do you think they're going to give us free reign or control over ships or is it just mm. going to be some sort of a fast travel planet to planet type thing what do you uh, want that's, Watts? That's, let me ask you Watts. what do you want do you want to be flying what i ship? want is full open spaceship combat that's really good like uh and it's just really gauging it's customizable to where i'm playing this starship space battles and be like oh wait i forgot there's a first person shooter too i guess i should play that but that's what i want but it's not going to – I don't think it's going to be that. Do you think it'll be but, like Old Republic style where there's just these little – It could mini- be. It could be because that's definitely easier to maintain than having an open spaceship world. But you never know. They've done I, it. I, I mean, Bungie did yeah, it with I know. Halo Reach. There were space – Yeah. Space yeah, with that. But, yeah, I want it – and if they do do it, I want it to be really thought out and put a lot of time just as much as in the first-person shooter – and I don't want it to have it where it's just, eh, no one ever plays it. So, I, you know what right. I'm saying? It's just, I want it yeah. good right. if you're yeah. going to put it in there. <laughs> don't, don't, don't even add it if you're not going to do it. You know, just yeah. make it just a space travel option if you're not going to make it really, really engaging. I mean, give me a freaking ace combat in space if you don't mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. Make it dope. If you're not, then don't do that. But, I, yeah, I... I I um I believe it should have a fast reversal, especially going to certain locales. Like, oh my God, you go back, you know, you you, you turn your rig on, you jump into the game. It's like, all right, let me fast travel here or there. It'd be cool to also have like tons of fast travels at your at your fingertips as soon as you jump into the game of locales and destinations that you want to just go into, go and visit quickly. But I do remember, or I think we talked about it, guys, as far as um with the, with the, when it comes to the starships or ships that will be that we'll have to customize. These ships will have to be earned uh, through, or we're assuming these ships will have to be earned through some form of commerce. Uh, and the more that you gain in wealth, uh, whether it's team-based or individual-based, you're then able to uh, get the better rigs. 
Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, what type of, because, you know, they, they have concept arts of, this is not a really a spaceship, but it's more of like a hovering, hovercraft type de- uh, device. Um, you know, the faster you kind of rank up with currency, you can get things to traverse areas faster instead of using the fast travel, which is, I think, an option they'll give us as well. Um, and then, you know, you're able to fully customize those earthbound uh, vehicles. Um, and then, you know, another question I have is how, what's going to be the limit as far as us pimping out these vehicles and making them battle ready? You know, what what does that look like? You know, yeah, as far right. as will they, will they have like gun turrets on it or whatever? So if we're, you know, we're blazing through just some desert and enemies just come out of nowhere. It's like, yo, 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 yo Watts, get on the gun turret, man. I'm gonna be riding around, boom, <laughs> and then, yo, Mark and Chris, yeah. jump on y'all. Then we just, we just, you know, it's almost that that Borderlands effect, but on a whole larger scale because we're in the sand portion of Earth, which has been mutated and trans transversed over time, and we're fighting this big, insane, freaking sand worm thing that's like crazy. And then we can like go inside the bowels of it, and we're shooting like we're playing Dead Space. I mean, Lost Planet, too. And you're like inside the thing, blowing this thing up, destroying it. But all oh, the guys on the outside of it are destroying it. So people on the inside are killing it. And then these random strangers who happen to be online come in, almost like something out of Monster Hunter. And they, we're all just taking this thing down. And then boom, we go our separate ways, still traversing and finding out new things about this world. Ridiculous. Awesome. awesome. Ridiculous. Man. Yeah. I had a little tangent there. Sorry. That's <laughs> all right, man. Let it go, man. People love that. Yeah. Um, the final piece of concept art we were given shows some sort of industrial complex. And I think the biggest thing from this is it shows like the sense of scale that this game is going to uh-huh. have because there's a small bridge and you see there's four people, potentially guardians, maybe three of them kind of look like they're the same. So maybe there's some sort of enemy. I mean, I don't know exactly who they would be. Um, but I mean, it's just this massive complex that just seems to go yeah. on forever and not end. And, uh, wow. you know, if they give us the ability to explore areas lo- that are large like this, um, you know, again, just the, the sense of scale that this game is going to have that they're promising, um, it's going to be pretty epic. I think at the end. So kind of what you just described, Derek, I'm sure there'll yeah. be moments like that. That'll be able to come from areas that look like this. Dude, fantastic. I, I'm going on a limb here and saying that's inside the traveler. Ooh, you think so? I think so. Wow. That's you just the area with the with, with the bridge? You think the area that, that with the bridge? Oh, yeah, that's inside it. Could be inside it. That's just that's my Could guess. Could be. Could be. Maybe that's where you go and get your powers from the traveler, right? Yeah. It's like it I know it looks like industrial, but it could be like almost like in the first one you said, like cathedral or like a sanctuary or inside that is like where you do the trials to get the traveler power. Well, let's look at the top. I mean, if you look at the very top of it, there's like a blue light. I mean, that could either be literally lights or is that like a skylight? And mm-hmm. that's like... I don't think it's the traveler. It, to me, it looks like a manufacturing plant. So what what do you manufacture in those things that are hanging? That that, that goes that's against every type of product like what? See, those people are wa- – like a bridge is down from one of them, and there's people right. walking into it. Yeah, where, exactly. where, where's like the product line? Where would the but see, assembly okay, go? Okay, watch this. When you look at the – because you look at the bottom portion of the Traveler, the part that's closest to Earth, it looks like there's some open. it looks like there's some openings under there where okay. you can look up into it. So 
that I think supports your argument, Watts. It does seem like there are something you can get inside the Traveler. But yeah. just looking at this image, it doesn't. It could be. I just don't see it. Yeah. Right. But it it could it could very well be. I don't I mean, think it's talking... production though. No. No. Because well, if you think about no, it, where would it produce? Think, yeah, where you're right. Because because actually, what it looks like when you look at the picture with the bridge, it looks like almost like a like a Noah's Ark con- Noah's Ark concept where yeah. or this bridge is down. Yeah. These people get right. Like 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 I got a thought. Like, I got a thought. Domus, okay. Huh? okay. These are hanging from chains, right? And you're thinking yeah. this is inside the traveler. What if those people walk into that device? That door closes and then it lowers to the surface of the earth from the traveler. Ooh. Ooh. And you see there's a bridge. Like, clearly, there's these things that are hanging for whatever reason, the people are in it, and then it closes and, like, detaches from the bridge that's there. So, what so if these, these are, are, these are the devices the that workers. get you into the traveler? Right. Maybe they work in the right. traveler, they do something they in work there. work in the traveler. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that. Well, they, but, I can see yeah. Because if, if you look in the distance of them, some of them are dangling, and then some are lower than others. Right. Like and that wouldn't make it. Yeah, exactly, Mark. It, it wouldn't make sense to just have them lowered if these are just living domains where people, you like, because they're huge. I mean, look at the people in comparison to the size of the bridge. Yeah. And then when they go in there, it looks like it does. Yeah, it did that. But dude, wow. in a world where the traveler exists, are we going to be using chains and pulleys to get into it? I mean, maybe maybe the traveler's like teleport? archaic. <laughs> Can we just... Yeah, just teleport, man. Come on, I know. But you know what? Though, when you look at when you look at the images of the of the three, uh, right now we only have three images of like the hunter and of those characters. They of the, the the of the guardian characters. They actually seem to be somewhat steeped in reality. That's true. So, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they they seem to be like you know uh, the element. It seems like Earth has elements that affect people because you know their coverings and the way they wear their outfits, whatever. So it's not. It seems like it's sci-fi, of course, but sci-fi with some realism to it that makes it make sense. You see, I like the idea of change instead of teleporting because yeah. change means struggle. It means we're rebuilding, and it, it, you know what I mean. It means uh, it means a lot of things, but I mean. That whole chain concept, it makes sense because Earth uh, is ruined, so to speak, and we're rebuilding. Yeah. And chains kind of has that that laborious type of tone to it. And it's still so that, using like technology, that. man. And I mean, we talked about the warlock, who mm-hmm. the warlock class has been kind of said to be given these quote unquote magic powers. But when you look at the image of the warlock, there's that small orb floating behind it. So that right. would make sense where the Traveler's not necessarily giving the Warlock powers where they're literally coming out of the Warlock's hands. It's the Traveler has given him, or the character, this device that gives them those powers. So that small robot or AI, whatever that thing is, that's the thing that you have to use at Charmer, your disposal. Baby. And then that would keep it somewhat grounded in reality where it's not actually, hey, your body is now magic and you're casting spells out of your fingertips. No, it's right. like, it makes That'd sense. Cool, in that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm okay with magic. <laughs> yeah, that All top right. image though looks crazy though. By the way, yeah, yeah no doubt. Man. These images just look awesome. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Destination mail sack. Uh, DJ actually hooked us up with another mail sack over on Bungie.net, 
And they were asking for your questions earlier in the week, and some obviously have rolled out. And the first one to kick it all off, which is what we were talking about earlier, Watts, um, the person says, you were explicit with saying that Destiny was not an MMO. Why? And he says, we put a lot of thought into the genre Destiny fits best into. At its core, we're building an action game, a bungee FPS. As we play in a space we've always loved, we're intentionally and gleefully bending and blurring the genre lines, blending concepts, constructs, and features you wouldn't traditionally fit into the FPS category. And this is kind of funny. He said, we attempted to slap together a new acronym to capture all of the newness and nuance that Destiny's pillars provoke, but the resulting string of characters was a Frankensteinian monstrosity which threatened to ruin our lives and confound even the most brilliant minds. In the end, what we consider we're building holistically, it's easiest, best, and most accurately described as Bungie's next first-person shooter. It would be terribly presumptuous of us to label Destiny a BNG FPS, but if you're a fan of what we do, it'll probably make a fair bit of sense. So, huh. basically saying if you've liked what Bungie's done with FPSs in the past, you're going to absolutely love this game. Right. We shall see. So, yeah. We shall Thanks. see. Um, let's see. The next one was, if you had to pick one reason why playing Destiny co-op will blow my mind, what would it be? And, uh, the best answer I think came from Mm -hmm. what, 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 Derek? No, 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 no. I was going to ask you to read that question again, but no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, best answer to why Destiny co-op will blow your mind came from Nate Hawbaker. He's one of the technical artists and he says co-op mode. Oh, you mean the whole game? So, oh, Wow. That's like the best oh, thing. Wow. The whole such game a is great just going to just play it. That's such an awesome answer. And then to kind of just piggyback off it. that, Adam Williams, the artist, he says, Co-op in Destiny isn't an afterthought. Much of the world is built from the ground up with a social idea that exploring the world with your friends will be more visceral. So kind of like what Pete wow. Parsons was chatting about earlier. Uh, let's see. In chatting about next gen, uh, let me find this. Where to go? And I Uh-oh. lost it now. Uh-oh, lost it. Got to find it. Uh, is developing for next-gen easier or harder than you expected? And let's see. This one is great. This came from Tyson Green. He's a staff designer. He said, it's great. The engineers are all, there's no memory for that. And then we're all next-gen, and they're all, well, hmm. So kind of showing <laughs> that the next-gen consoles is going to have tons of memory on it. And that everything they're building is, is meant to go with it. And then Michael Williams, he's an engineer. He said, server-side, we're building our technology to be as platform agnostic as possible. So aside from wiring up platform APIs in different ways, the differences in platforms have not caused my team much pain. Knock on wood. So that's good to know yeah. that the Very good you know, know. engine that they built can run pretty much on anything. Which kind of throws into the idea that this is also built on the PS3 and 360 as well as right. the next gen. So yeah. the fact that this thing is able to run on current gen is huge. is huge. You know, that that yeah. platform really doesn't matter. Like, the game is going to work. It may look better um, on everything else, but it's meant to kind of run on anything. Yep. Awesome. Um, awesome. Somebody asked, what's your favorite sound in Destiny? And let me find this was a great one. Uh, we've talked about the Vex before and their death animations, but Michael Williams, an engineer, says, if you kill a Vex unit correctly... They can make an amazingly satisfying noise. I could shoot them all day long for that noise. Awesome. <laughs> Remember, the Vex were the ones that we said were potentially time traveling. Right. And we thought that maybe they go back to the past when you kill them, that they were kind of thrown out. That's cool. So, That's cool. 
That is cool. Uh, let's see. This one was, was I'm curious about Destiny's backstory. During gameplay, will we learn about how the last city came to be and what brought civilization to that point? And the answer was, our no. writers are laser-focused on building stories worthy of exploration and discovery. Some of those discoveries will come in an instant. Others will be more prolonged, intended to lead you down intricate and carefully laid paths that we hope will make our revelations all the more sweet. Awesome. See, let me tell you something, Mark, about that. See, that's something that concerns me. And it, it, it's, I'm going to use the word worry, which is a negative term, but I'm going to use it because... You know, I played the first Halo, and then I jumped into Halo 2 and Halo 3 and so on and so forth. And I remember jumping into, I randomly did this. I was like, wow, Halo, there's a, there's novels about this game? Oh, sure, let me grab one. And I started reading it. And I didn't finish the book because I quickly wanted to go back to my most recent Halo experience after reading part of this novel. And that was my biggest disappointment with the Halo series which was they had such rich stories and narrative in the in the novel in, in to me in the novels that I wanted something like that and the game became very um, profoundly linear in comparison to all of these other exploits that they talked about of the master chief okay it was almost like the novels were like a compliment to the master chief but not giving you the games, uh, therefore, were not really giving you all of that he was. I think that the best example of that that we really got of him was in the last Halo, which was like, I think, to start a, new, a great new direction. With Destiny, I'm truly hoping that, you know, I don't know if they're going to have books for it or not, but I really hope that we have this humongous, larger than life experience that embodies that of a novel. Where when you read a novel, you use your imagination, and that's half the fun. Where when you're playing this game, this world is unfolding before you, and you really can't use your imagination in that sense. But everything that's happening in it are, is so vast, so over the top, and so story-driven as well that it gives you all of that. Yeah. So I really but, hope but see, that man, I would say, for me, like I think that's why I was always drawn to Halo because I've always wanted a game that I could play, and then when I wasn't playing it there were other things I could do to still feel a part of it. And hmm. Halo for me was one of the first games to do that by bringing on a wealth of novels and movies and shorts and all those different things. And that to me is what really drew, drew me to it. And with yeah. destiny, I mean, they're already saying the mobile app is going to play a huge part in this game. So I, I, right. yes, I mean the game itself, I want it to be more than what that linear halo experience was in terms of the story. Okay. And knowing that my personal story now is going to branch out into those other avenues, like the mobile device. And, you know, I hope there's a, a novel that comes out and we can learn about the backstory. But, see, yeah. I wasn't let down. So so you didn't like that, that they, there was things outside no. the game. I mean, you would rather no, that no, no. stuff had been in the game or what? Yeah, because you thought well, it wasn't as good, right, in the exactly. game? Right, because he, like, well, that, that, no, go ahead, Watts, please. I'm no, no, what I was going to say is just – the only reason is that it's a book and they could, exp like, I guarantee you in Halo when they made it, there was tons of things they wanted to do and they just couldn't do it because of hardware or developing or things like that. That's true, too. And that's the only thing that, because, like, it, a great example is with the TV show of Game of Thrones to the actual books. 
there's a lot more that happens in the books that are a lot better than going to description, and it's just more there than in the TV show because, A, you got to have to worry about actors, budget, and all that other stuff, whereas books will always have better. So I don't get upset with it, but I just I, I understand why it's like that because when you go into a, when a book describes Halo, Master Chief is going to be like freaking Jedi Knights doing barrel rolls and stuff, but in the game he's just hopping around linear story see, but but see yeah. but watch this when i played halo combat evolved yeah on the xbox after that is when i jumped into a novel yeah now this was my concern i understood that at that point not at that point but once i was reading the novel at that point the new consoles were coming out the new xbox oh, okay. was coming out right so I'm saying to myself, okay, I wasn't thinking Destiny. I mean, who was? But I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> what, what I read, what I read about this guy, and then, you know, very good writers and how, you know, they really tie you in emotionally. Watch this. There's not really any Halo games that I was tied to emotionally after the first one. Hey, Combat Evolved was an emotional ride for me. You know, the pilot that's taking me all through Halo, she died at the end, and this... It was climactic. I'm like, wow, this was real. So then I jump into this novel, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is, like, unbelievable. But then what did I get with Halo 2? I got a wannabe Halo Combat Evolved experience, I don't mean no disrespect, that just had better graphics, a couple of skulls. An amazing multiplayer. Yeah, multiplayer was the multiplayer awesome. was awesome. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, but I'm not talking about the multiplayer. That was a great experience. But I'm talking yeah. about from the story standpoint. Yeah, the, the, reading the novel is like, well, why didn't they do this? And why? And again, I did have that whole thing of you know, you watch you know, Hunter Games the movie, you're like, whoa, this is not the book. But I didn't expect just the whole book because the book has so many facets to it where it's unfair to put that on the on, on the shoulders of a developer. But I mean, the experience was the same. It just looked better. And I'm saying, you can do so much more with this. And then Halo 3 comes out. It's just the same. It, it wasn't... It didn't... It, it wasn't a over overall encompassing story that... You know, it was just like I was just on the beating trail of Master Chief getting to the end of this game. It wasn't things that were happening away from Master Chief, like in the books, that kept it interesting. And that's what it seems like Destiny's going to be. Yeah, man. Okay, and I'm not saying I wanted those games to be like that, but I'm saying Destiny seems like the first game that can actually do that. Destiny sounds like it could go beyond the novel. Well, you know, a part of it too, man, could be because Halo, like initially from the get-go, I mean, I know Bungie, you believed in your product and you knew it was going to be successful because every developer goes into it knowing that. I don't think they grasped just how big it was going to be right. And they had already kind of gone down that path of what that game was. And sure. At any point they could have gone and branched out and tried to tell those stories. And arguably they attempted to do that with ODST and even halo reach halo reach. You create your Spartan. Right. Right. And then in ODST, they tried to tell another story outside of the chief story. And (laughs) yeah. And, and, And now with destiny, they don't have any of that baggage. Like this is start from square one. So going into destiny, and knowing where Halo went, they're going in planning for that with right. all this exactly like these metagame things outside of the game. And, right. you know, like we said that, that quote earlier from Parsons yeah. about how this thing, they want to put it on the same level as Star Wars. And 
I mean, that and thing you know has like crossed out even outside of the movies. You know, that's in books and there's games yeah. and everything. And, and, I, and I appreciate that about death, about about Bungie. I appreciate the fact that they're not mentioning Halo. I, I love that because it's so much bigger than that. They're not mentioning any other game franchise. They're mentioning motion picture franchises yeah. that we've loved since point, we were man. children. Yep. That, that, yeah. That's their scope, and I love talk. that ambition. It's and a big talk. Because, I mean, think about it, man. Even if, I mean, let's give them a benefit of the doubt. If Bungie doesn't quite hit that level of Star Wars or Star Trek or whatever, but they're right there on an interactive platform where we can experience that the way we want to, dude, this game could very well go beyond any type of interactive experience that we've ever had mm-hmm. and usher in a new type of gaming experience, man, that that Hollywood has to take note to. I mean, you know, it affects Hollywood today, but this could truly be revolutionary. Like, no doubt. wow. You know, they're not mentioning no other game. They're not mentioning we want to be the next best first-person shooter. They're not saying that. We want to be the next best Star Wars. Yeah. Like, what, what really? What, like, uh-huh. <laughs> we want to be the next what? piece of media. That you consume, yeah. the greatest piece of media that? you consume. Like, it's really? crazy, man. You're right. That's okay. a great point. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, one more here before we move on past our uh, dispatches from the Guardian, um, and they they were asked what have been the largest struggles in the development of Destiny, and I just want to point this out because I think it's kind of funny. Derek Carroll says, "Not saying Destiny for two years was tough, although not saying Tiger is proving almost as difficult now." So I would assume Tiger is referring to whatever the Xbox is. Because how much does that suck? Like, they internally have known, like, yep, we're launching on PS3, Xbox, PS4, and fill in the blank. And now that it's out there, when people are questioning him about it, he's probably like, oh, yeah, we're launching on blah, blah. And then he's going to stop. I can't say what that is. Yeah. So, I don't know. Good point. I thought that was kind of a neat little uh, nugget kind of hidden in in there. Um, But all right, guys. Well, let's move on past our dispatches from The Traveler. And let's move on to our Pillars of Destiny. Pillars of Destiny. All right, so this week on the Pillars of Destiny, we wanted to jump into a topic that goes back to that Game Informer article about the idea of ads and Destiny. When I say that, I mean the idea of aiming down the site. And SPQR Praetor, over on our forums, at theguardiansofdestiny.com, put up a nice piece about kind of the difference between aiming down a site, iron sights, aiming in first-person shooters. And I, I want to begin this by saying there is a lot of information that he put in there that, I mean, you wouldn't even think about when it comes to some of these games. I mean, he really broke down a lot. And I don't even know where to begin. Where do you guys want to start with this? I mean, if we want to maybe break down the different types of aiming, I guess, is probably the, the best way to do it. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yes. Here's what some of the differences that he says. So he, he goes on to say that um, there are some games, like Ghost Recon Future Soldier, that will give you like three states of aiming. Um, the first state, just kind of when you're moving around, you really have no, uh, no or just an uncontrolled reticule, high recoil, you just pull the trigger, you shoot. The next, you pull the left trigger, it gives you like a half aim, so it's still kind of third person, kind of looking down your sight, but not necessarily... Uh, a full scope, let's say, or full iron sights yet. So it's kind of a limited field of vision that you get. That's yet right. another way to shoot. Then there's literally the aim down the sights, 
which give you an iron sight or like some sort of attached scope or optic on it that basically fills the whole screen and then you're able to kind of scope in scope out and a lot of times even that will kind of float a little bit on the screen Um, but then the other style he says is the arcade style which is the typical style that you see in the halo games where you just are straight shooting kind of using burst fire and then some weapons think like maybe the battle rifle per se or the dmr where you're zooming in but when you're aiming that is a set reticule that's shooting now like with the dmr it does float a little bit or with the sniper it does float a little bit but when you're aiming you have that specific dot in the middle of the screen and you're able to shoot um so i think and, and the reason we're really bringing this up is because the community the destiny community this past week has just been a buzz about this some people liking it some people not liking it and i'm thinking the biggest reason why there may be so much just discussion about it is because bungie's always made the arcade style the typical halo style where you're just shooting we're now throwing into that kind of this call of duty style where you're aiming down the sight that's on your gun and it floats a little bit and maybe it's not as accurate changes up the gunplay that bungie fans are used to yeah you know i i'm so glad i well i shouldn't say that i hope (laughs) i shouldn't say that right that's not cool but no i i'm more of the non-arcadey you know when i play killzone i love to look down and see the ridges on the top of the muffle or muzzle of my weapon i love that if i put an acog scope on my assault (laughs) rifle that now I see the difference and I see where that attachment has been laid on my weapon and I still have to use skill to place the enemy in that partition of the uh, of the of the um, of the add-on it's not just this shooting from the hip yet I'm zoomed in closer to the reticle type of effect which I have no problem with but it but with a game like Destiny, like I said earlier, I believe it's steeped in reality to a degree outside of it being more a sci-fi game. And I believe it only makes sense that Destiny goes the way of a more non-arcadey traditional approach to if I'm shooting you from the hip, it looks like I'm shooting you from the hip. But if I got to get a beat on you and I want to pull my weapon up like a real person would in real life, it should look like it does in real life. Right. I'm, I mean... Call of Duty is one of the most arcade games I've ever played in my life. However, when you pull that weapon up to your face, it's real. But we know everything <laughs> else is. I mean, you know, it, it, I mean, I've, I've shot an AR before, you know, and when you pull it up, that's how it looks. You see the red dot, or you see the ACOS scope, and it looks like that. Yeah. Um, or Battlefield. I think Battlefield Three is a great example of that's how it. Pardon me. That's how it should look. And so I, I, that's, I, that's what I hope that they do. I do. Go ahead, Watts. No, no, I was just going to say just a little bit. I'm okay with both ways because, A, I know the gameplay style of arcade style is not as, I guess, bad, but since he's saying that there's a name down, sights or iron sights, I'm fine with that too. And and I think that arcade style is not meant for... um, Single player more more says that it's meant for multiplayer, and that's why they, I guess, kept it because Halo is more known for their 
guess multiplayer than anything. I, yeah, that's right. how I got into it. Yeah. I never really got into single player as much as most people, but and the, I think that's why they stuck on to the arcade sound. I guarantee I you, since it's more of a single player, as far as we know it, right? They aim down sights only the natural direction towards um, gameplay. It's to where it is arcade style is. Um, it's more of the everyone's at the same level while the aim down sights were like what you were saying, add on an ACOG or things like that. That's more geared towards, I guess, single player. Everyone could do their own play style type of thing. But yeah, well, you mentioned that's everybody on the same level. And I mean, yeah. here we're going to have a game where we're going on missions and quests and there's going to be loot in this game. Oh, yeah. And what's an right. easier way to adjust the loot than mess with the aiming of certain weapons? You make, exactly. and I mean, just go to Borderlands. Look at Borderlands. The lower level guns, when you pull that aim down the sight up, it's floating all over the screen. The better weapons, right. the epic weapons in that game are locked and fixed. You aim down, locked boom, you're locked on that enemy, you're going to hit them. So uh-huh. I think by doing it this way, as opposed to what Halo did, it just makes it easier for them to create new and unique weapons and to have progression like okay well you've gotten to the next level you've used this gun x amount of times you can now aim better with that gun your recoil your floating is not as drastic as it was on your previous level so not to say that's the easy way out but that's what makes sense in a game like this that's Mm -hmm. how you create better weapons not just you know and and again to throw back to borderlands not just this shotgun shoots acid at guys it's (laughs) You're actually yeah. physically <laughs> changing the gameplay. And, I mean, you got to look at it this way, too, man. This game, I know it's not an MMO, but they're hoping players are going to spend hours upon hours on it. And you have to make yeah. that gameplay be fantastic and even be adjustable for players. Because if somebody's going to spend three, 400 hours playing this game, just making it like Halo, where everybody's on the same page, all the weapons exactly. work the same, it's going to get boring after a while. I mean, look at some right. MMO players. I mean, I mean, the biggest gameplay element of an MMO is hit the keyboard key and watch the cooldown of the of the thing. When can I use it again? When can I use that? But when can I use that thing again? And to a lot of people, that just gets boring after a while. Sure, it works for a little bit. You play it for fifty, sixty hours, and then you're bored of doing the same thing over and over. Where with this, by adjusting that aiming, making you adapt to the new weapons, making you want to use new weapons, maybe to upgrade them, make them shoot better. That's I think the best way to do that is making it aim down the sights rather than just the typical, you know, Halo, aim and shoot. Like, that's... Right. I don't know. Hmm. What else you guys got to say about it? Anything else? Aiming down the sight? uh, Just other than... Aiming down sights is like... In the first-person shooter is basically the staple now. Am I right? It is. It is. And and if you ever play... Hence, um, Halo 4 recently technically doesn't have it but it it's it's needed in games like this it is and i just i don't know we'll we'll see how it goes we'll see how it works but i guarantee you they started off as arcade style and definitely changed it yeah but mm-hmm. that's just me thinking just because that's what they've known and what they think that what people want and then once they probably got into the gameplay more they're like yeah yeah we probably would need something I mean, you're right, man. It, it is just the staple of the genre now. I mean, yeah. I understand Bungie yeah. is trying to revolutionize the genre, and they're going to do it in more than other ways than this, I'm sure. 
but they've always been adamant when the other Halo games. They never added that into the game. I mean, I remember the first time in Reach when people announced there was going to be the armor abilities. And everybody's like, oh, they're giving into Call of Duty with the upgrade system. And oh. Giving all these skills oh and all that. And it's like, well, that's just kind of where the genre's gone. Like, you that's where the genre's kind of going. have to do that. Right. And in this case, Never that's the same thing. You pick right. up any shooter today or anyone that's been out in the last four years, everybody knows, pull the left trigger, you're aiming down down your sight. You're aiming by doing it that way. Getting your tighter field of vision. And As it should be. Yep, yeah, it's I perfect. think they just, but just realized they need to do that. But um, definitely head over to our forums. It's a great, great post yeah. over there. There's great a lot posts. of in-depth stuff. Um, SBQR Praetor, appreciate it. And, um, you know, I know, like I said, this is still, today as we're recording, this still just brewing throughout the community of people um, going nuts over this. The only thing I can think of is really, it's just, like I said, because Halo fans, Bungie fans, have never truly had that in the game on a grand scale of what it could be. So, but that's not to say there's not going to be weapons that aren't in this either. You know, there still may be those random weapons that just spray bullets all over the place right. and you're not even given the option to aim down the site. So personally, I think it's a good addition. I mean, you guys are on that same page, right? Good addition to the game. Oh, yeah. It's a good addition yeah. to have it in the game, right? Oh, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Heck yeah. Please. Come on, bro. No doubt, bro. <laughs> All right, let's move on <laughs> to our listener feedback in Messages from the City. Messages from the City. So always remember the best way to get in touch with us. You can email us to feedback at theguardiansofdestiny.com or you can even send us a message through Twitter at Guardians of D. So first up this week from Kiefer, he says, What I find very interesting about Destiny is that we are all enjoying the destination leading up to the game almost as much as playing it itself. Already fans are picking out their personal character layouts, making fan creations and websites, and soaking up every little piece of information they can, even though extremely little detail has been released so far. This is the first time I've enjoyed actually waiting for a game and getting pumped for the next tiny reveal from Bungie. Why do you guys think the game has created such a huge buzz and following, despite it being a year plus away from being released? Oh, man. They're Bungie. Exactly what Derek said. They're Bungie. They've, they've They're been Bungie. known for a lot of a lot of people have grown up with Bungie, and there's a lot of people that are playing games today that Halo was released before they were even born, and they've always known it to be there. Wow, great as a, yeah, yeah, as a great gaming experience. Whether if you prefer single player, multiplayer, and it has a lot of community following around it, and and that's why a lot of people are getting crazy about it. And and the same thing. And if I know he's just following this game, but there's games like that for anything with MMOs or anything. I was following Deal Republic on every little tiny detail for a long time. Yeah. It's just it's just another thing is that this what Bungie's doing is, like I said, it has a huge community, but it's people know it, they love it, and it's a great world to play in. So they expect the same thing out of this game. So I think that's And I think too, man, you know, they've just, uh, we talked about it this whole episode. They've promised. Yeah the moon you know i mean they've promised everything in this game that you could possibly want and how can you not get pumped reading that you know like if they can deliver on everything they've said this is going to be unlike any shooter we've ever played Mm -hmm. you know there's just Mm -hmm. gonna be nothing like it so i mean just that alone is is fantastic you know i just want to throw out there though the one thing with problems with games like this is that this huge build-up always 
can lead. Not all, not that it always does, but a lot uh-huh. of times leads to the letdown upon launch. So I still think people need to period. still curb expectations. You know, realize yeah. that everything you're hearing, a, everything yeah. we're talking about, everything may not come to be exactly like you want it to be. But you right. know what we're going to be given, I can guarantee, is going to be pretty damn awesome. So. Yeah, that's that's the one problem, especially a year out when people get so invested. In it. I mean, that's what happened with Old Republic, Watts. Wouldn't you say? I mean, people were just so into this game; it's going to be the next evolution of MMOs. And then it came out, and it played like World of Warcraft. And then that's all people thought. They didn't look at the fact that you have this big sweeping story, dialogue, all that is great. They were focused yeah. more on the fact that oh, I'm still watching cooldowns, was... hitting the buttons, and they didn't. Like yeah, there's a lot of and the, and. There was a lot of promises that never came. A lot of game features. They, I think, they rushed the game out. They had uh, just tons of things that happened. And with this game, it seems like they definitely could take a a gander and look and see what problems that was faced. And so, the Old Republic definitely had a huge letdown period with a lot of people, whether it's gameplay or. Because the game, what they kept promising was story uh, MMORPG. But once that story is done, do you really want to go back and play another 60 hours of the other same gameplay style through the story? I'm slowly doing it because it's free to play now. But it's a lot of people were let down because of promises that, A, weren't fulfilled or weren't up to people's expectations. So yeah. Bungie, whatever they're saying, has to learn from that, saying that they, hey, there's going to be crazy... Uh, raids and or not raids, just events, and then people get connected seamlessly. If they're like, ah, oh, that's coming the last patch, that's gonna piss a lot of people off and turn a lot of people <laughs> right. away. They can't do that. Yeah. So right. we'll see. Yeah. Bungie's been pretty good though, man. Just at their track record. Yeah. Pretty much yeah. everything they've ever said has officially kind of come to reality. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's see. This next one comes to us from Shepardo, and he says, "Hey guys, I don't believe this has been brought up yet, and it's a two-part question. First... Do you think Destiny will play like Halo? Uh, example, like high jumping, hang time, and other physics compared to, say, Call of Duty. Um, so do we think it'll play like Halo in terms of how you move? High jumping, hmm. the physics. And then actually, let me read yeah. the second part because it kind of plays into it. Second, how will Bungie use gravity? If we travel to other planets, would our jumping height and speed change? Ooh. And here's the, here's the example that, he gives. He goes, yeah. take That's you cool. guys. Imagine the god. G period, O period, D, the Guardians of Destiny, which is awesome. So we are the gods. Right. Um, no doubt. Let's say the gods train on Mars and are formidable, well-practiced at getting the high vantage points with ease to take out our opponents. Next thing, we're needed on Venus for a fight, but we find ourselves out of practice and struggle being less able to move. Would implementing these types of physics be too big even for Bungie and Destiny? Ooh, that's awesome. <laughs> Never that thought of that, dude. great. Yeah, that, that's a wild, wild uh, question in and of itself. But I think that that creates too much of an imbalance in gameplay. It, 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 just depending on the emphasis placed on Earth, how much gameplay are we going to spend, you know, in different universes, on different planets? I mean, okay, we're going to go, so this is going to have that Mass Effect approach, which we believe it will be. Uh, as we're customizing our vehicles, but will these we really, really will these really be starships where we can traverse out and then land on some planet and then you know go go about because landing on a planet to create these different worlds as vast as they're ma- making Earth 
and then to incorporate into that the idea of a systematic gravity system where you know you're you you really can't move or the same way you can move on earth yeah i i i, I don't want to put no ambition on <laughs> bungee but that almost is like dude that question is almost too much. I mean, that no, could that's... just be easily passed off by just saying, oh, the Traveler gave you these new boots that just adjust to gravity on the planet you're on, right? I mean, that could easily be resolved and they don't yeah, need to go down but, that path. But it However, also affects bullets and gravity yeah, affects true. a lot of things. That's true too, man. So, and, yeah, and just man. like what Derek said, that this when you, when you go on to uh, a planet, like let's say like that moon of Jupiter, that gravity is going to be far less than what you are going to experience on Earth or even Venus. So, like, when you shoot a bullet, it's going to go straight farther. I mean, it's not going to get pulled down from gravity right. less than, like, on Earth. So, yeah. Dude, could you think... imagine a competitive multiplayer scene where, I mean, we already have it with Halo 4 and, you know, and any of the games, shooter, any of the competitive multiplayer shooters, but then couple in with that, not only the fact that you need to know the maps and you need to know kind of weapon layouts and that where things are on the map, but then you also have to take in consideration the planet that it's taking place on. And that yeah, completely right. adjusts your play style. Right. I mean, if you can't jump as high, you can't take cover as quickly as you would like to, your whole clan, your whole squad needs to adjust to that. That would be pretty awesome. I'm not going to say that's something insane. I would want to get into because, I mean, I'm not really into um, hardcore competitive gaming. I enjoy watching it, but, I mean, I'm just not a hardcore competitive gamer. Dude, that would just bring those the shooting games to the next level. I mean, the no, skill no. base that would be required for that would just be yeah. insane. I mean, Dude, that question is one of those tough questions that scares Bungie. Like, dude, are we really being ambitious as we need to be? I mean, yeah. we're sitting here talking about, like, star travel to different planets. And we will have we will have our own planet in the form of Earth to to traverse. It's like is Bungie truly going to go that far and make and make vast planets that are able to be you know walked upon and lived upon and experienced with different type of elements and features. I mean, look at the screenshots. It does sound like that's what they're doing, but you want a living, breathing world. That's the my best way to God, do it, right? That's that's yeah. The new heart. I mean, Crazy. but see, this. But then it goes back to what, what what you said earlier. Like these games are coming to the Xbox 360 and PS3. I mean, we 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 assume the next gens can do it all, but this is going to be on the you know on current gen consoles. Current gen, yeah. Like, how are they gonna? Do... Oh my god, that question is nuts. I don't know. Yeah, good <laughs> question. Awesome. Great question, man. Awesome question. Uh, let's see. The next one comes to us from John one seven four three. He says, currently SimCity and its quote-unquote always-on requirement have caused a lot of trouble for players wanting to play the game. The most troubling thing is that many of these players just want to play the game by themselves and not play online at all. Diablo 3, which was published by Activision, similarly to Destiny, also required the same connection and faced the same launch woes. Do you feel that Destiny will be playable offline, affect people purchasing it, and will it face the same launch woes? Number one, do we huh. think Destiny, I mean, do you have to have an online connection? Has that been confirmed anywhere? I mean, based off of no. what they're saying, it's yes. sounding like you're going to need to, right? You have to be, yes. be online. I mean, yeah, it's cooperative. I mean, like they're saying, this is a cooperative-based game that does not end. I'm just kind of throwing that out there. 
Yep. So this doesn't end and it's cooperative and they're basing it around the corporate experience. Yes, you have to be online, period. Yes, you do. What there do we think no... about that segmenting then people that may want to buy it? I mean, there are people who don't have access to the internet, number one, or just, well, you know. No access well, to the internet means you don't play Destiny. I'm sorry. That doesn't even make sense. Well, it's just if you go to the think of, I think what the question was, was how it's going to relate to SimCity, right? Yeah, SimCity and even Diablo, like how Diablo. Yeah, and just and just like how uh, how it's always online. DRM um, plays in the fact that oh, all right, Destiny need to play always be online. When the online goes off, there's going to be tons of people that can't play, or even just at the launch window. Servers are fine now in SimCity, but the first three days, I played only five hours of the game because the servers got overloaded. Wow. Same with Diablo was I stayed up till four in the morning because it was. <laughs> Pacific time Sad. release date and it was just getting crashed and bounced around is A, I think there needs to be a lot of things where if they do want an online thing, they gotta learn from these two crappy launches from these couple of old Activision with Diablo, but Activision Blizzard with Diablo, but and just how poorly it could be handled so if they do want an online always thing they gotta be prepared for it, and yeah. I'm okay with it just like what Derek says, you need to be online. It's like who's not online anymore. But right. if you want to do the always online thing, you got to have the the servers. You got to have the stability. You got to have everything. You got to beta test it and stress test it. And because I don't want to be this thing where if it's only always online for Destiny, like you have to have an online connection to play it, which is fine. But yeah. I don't want day one. I want to jump in and I want to play. I don't want to sit there in a queue. Or have customer service saying that we are having all these teams twenty four seven working on it, and then three days later, finally able to play. I was going to say, dude. I mean, game. you mentioned beta tests and stress tests, and it's like, I mean, Diablo did that, and it still happened. You know, that's yeah. not. It's just, oh, yeah. but in the same sense, like you said, this game is it's going to be an online game. That's yeah. the biggest point of this right now. So if yeah. you don't have access to this game or access to online, Destiny's not going to be for you. I mean, if you don't, being that you don't have access to online, you can't play World of Warcraft. That's not a game that's right. meant for you. As much as you buy into the hype and you love it, and maybe you love Blizzard for the original StarCraft and Diablo 1 and 2, you can't play that game because it's it's an online game. So that's kind of what's going to happen um, you know, here with this game. I just hope there aren't launch woes, but again, all the beta testing and stress testing, it hit Diablo 3 and it hit SimCity. Although SimCity, I think, is kind of their own fault. By There was, what, like four servers worldwide wow. on that day, which was just pathetic. And today you go on, there's like 20 servers. So it's like SimCity, they kind of did it to themselves. Where Diablo, exactly. I mean, I, well, Diablo could have been the same situation. We just couldn't see the servers. Diablo, there was no server list. You just played, and it just connected you to where you needed to go, and it was there. But, you know, Activision has Diablo in their history because they published that also, and I don't see them making the same mistake again. I mean, there's no. too much at stake, I think, with Destiny. Much, and, yeah. and Yeah, they just they, they won't do that. Uh, let's see. The next one came to us from JH, and he says, "What would you want from a special collector's edition of Destiny? What do you guys want hmm. in the collectors?" Hmm. I, I tell you, what I want first and foremost. I said this in the forum. I want a awesome type of Earth with a traveler like floating on top of it as a statue in my on my office. Like a globe. I want that actual globe. Yes, I want that globe to have a map on it that mirrors the actual game so that 
I can kind of spin my globe and look at, oh, yeah, I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. That, that, <laughs> that'd be sweet. That'd be awesome. That would be Number awesome. One, I got to have that. Yeah. Number two, I got to have a soundtrack. Number three, I wanted to come into, I wanted to come in a, in a guardian carrying military case that looks worn <laughs> and used up with my name on it. Okay. Um, I want, um, well, so I want a helmet. I, I want, want a helmet. I want like a figurine, like my my guardian's figurine, like statue, like so I can hold it up and he's like in a battle pose, like shooting. He's an ADS pulling the trigger real nasty. You know what I mean? Watts, you yeah, have the yeah. Old Republic statue, don't you? Oh, yeah. I still had, I had it in my queue. What's his name, that guy's name? Darth Malgus. Yeah. It's pretty awesome, though. <laughs> no. The statue is awesome. Oh, yeah. It's definitely the Skyrim, awesome. I know, I did know. you get the Skyrim collectors with the dragon? No, but I was look. They had it. Uh, that's pretty awesome, too. I just played this one story, and I was just looking. I was like, oh, man, I should have gotten that. I definitely want a figurine, cool. man. The figurine in, would be huge. Yeah. If, if I want collector's edition, I want two things. I want something that I can use forever, like that Darth Malgus statue. Looks awesome. And a lot of people, and all the noobs that come in my cube and do work stuff, they're just like, oh, is that Darth Vader with his helmet off? I'm like, get out of here. Like, <laughs> almost like Star Wars slap him in the face. But no, but uh, I-, I want two things. I want a cool statue, like what Derek says, like maybe like Destiny, because that's what the first thing you think of. When I think of Destiny, I think of this big old white ball. Yeah, you know, yeah. the traveler. But then also, I want things that actually matter. I like, not to rag on, I don't care about soundtracks. I don't care about little posters because I bought the, what is it, the Halo Reach Collector's Edition? Like, not the 151 with all the. Um, just the bot, like the one statue. that had the just journal, the bot. right? And I open it up and it's just like little pamphlets and like yes. really nice, like stationary stuff. Cool, I don't, though, dude. I think it's, it's cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I I think it's cool, but I want stuff that ha- that matters, like a figurine, or a cool statue, or garden dog like, tags. Some yeah, garden, garden dog, dog tags. Plus, I want some pretty bad a in-game stuff. Like I want crazy armor decals. I want something to where people yeah. are like, "Oh man, I should have bought the collector's edition." I'm like, "Yeah, yep. you kind of should have." Yep. Yep. Because exactly. I spent the extra seventy bucks on it, and or. Something yeah. I didn't get my money's worth. So, <laughs> you know what I want, man. And this is—I mean—in this day and age, there really is no reason, I guess, for them to release something like this. But um, outside of the soundtrack, because I love gaming soundtracks, is I want like some sort of documentary about the creation of this. And I don't know if you guys—do you guys have the extended editions of Lord of the Rings? I mean, yes. there's like two discs of just. Oh yeah documentaries i mean we're talking like 30 hours or some crazy amount of extra stuff like that i would love to have that and and i think halo 2 came with um a small disc it was like an hour long documentary but like give me the full epic lord of the Rings style where it's like 15 hours of stuff show me marty and paul mccartney making the music you know give me 30 minutes of them chatting about it talking about it i love that i don't know why i just love that stuff i love documentaries and this day and age with the internet, I mean, that's stuff they could just easily release on the web and not necessarily put in the collector's edition, but um, I don't know. I think that'd be kind of neat to to put something like that in there. And then, of course, definitely the figurine or some something like that. I think the Traveler yeah. is kind of the most obvious thing that we'd want to see, just a massive globe. Derek, I like that idea yeah. where you can spin the globe and see oh, the man, areas. Oh, man, that'd be, sick. That'd be sweet. so cool. Yeah, what if they gave awesome. you a helmet that was the Traveler and you put it on your head so you can walk around like a big globe on your head? <laughs> <laughs> you're crazy man cool. <laughs> you're just kind of looking out two of the holes that are like you know how he's got the holes on him he's all busted you just 
Those are your eye holes. Like a hat, like it was like a like Death Star two, where it's just like mangled. Dude, a hat, a Destiny hat that just has a logo, and then the like where the little button is on the top. It's a traveler. Just yeah, there. no, yeah, like where fool. the top is Earth, and then the, bu- <laughs> yeah. the white button is the traveler. <laughs> That's tight. <laughs> oh. E3 swag, hey. Bungie. Come on, that's a perfect yeah. E3 swag right there. Perfect. Make a hat. Yeah, it is. Looks like the Earth. The little button is a little globe. Remember a couple yeah. years ago at E3, I think uh, EA did it. They gave away the Sims, like the little green icon that goes above the Sims. They gave away headpieces that you put on your head. Oh, and that's yeah, what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it could be like the same thing with for Destiny. Oh, man, that'd be great. But all right, guys. Well, that's a wrap for episode three of Guardian Radio. Um, I'm hoping again next week we get more updates. It's all on you, Bungie, yet again. I have a feeling we're going to have more updates. I'm sure yeah, we, we are. are. Yeah, we yeah. always do. Um, so as always, hit us up, feedback at theguardiansofdestiny.com, and you know, shoot us your topics, emails, and of course you'll hear us, or hear us read it on the air, hear your name, hear our answers, and of course head over to the website, theguardiansofdestiny.com. we got some blog posts going up over there, and please join our forums. The forums, you know, right now, population-wise, a little bit on the low side, but the conversations we're having have been um, actually really, really good. I know, Derek, you've been loving the forums and just all the, oh my God. the conversation over yeah. there. Those guys are hungry, man. And there's some good, good, just good ideas and things to just that kind of challenge your your desires and the excitement for the game. And so, yep, it's great because everything that's being talked about, you know, you know, Bungie is scouring the the Bungie waves, or I should say, Destiny waves, grabbing information like, hmm, that's a good idea. Let's just add that. So. Yep. Yeah, it's been, oh, it's been great. Very healthy. Very healthy. And, uh, of course, hit us up on Twitter, at Guardians of D, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Destiny. And hopefully Chris will be with us next week. I don't know. Yeah, or next got, episode. Vex? The Vex Yeah, I think the Vex, them? they took him. Yeah, they, oh, um, man. Poor. I he hope fe- he actually, it. he just fell in the crack in the ground of Hellmouth and just, I don't know where he is. Well, hopefully we'll find him again. <laughs> um, he's, <laughs> he's somewhere. Somewhere in the, in the depths of the moon. And, uh, of course, iTunes, too. Again, thank you to everybody that left us reviews and ratings on iTunes. Uh, So please subscribe over there and hit us up with some more reviews because, like I said, we are on the front page of the video game section of iTunes, and we want to stay there and be one of the top video game podcasts here as we go through this 10-year stretch of Guardian Radio. So with that, we'll catch you next time. 